I have a question for Brian here. Oh yeah. What inspired you? Don't tell me you went and saw Top Gun and said, you know, I, I did not see it yet. What, what, what's with the mustache here? Well, uh, Rachel's been, she's been like trying to get me to do it. And I was like, I've never had, well, I, there was one time that I've had just a mustache in my I remember. entire life. Yeah. And that was like, it, it was a sad attempt, but I worked with what I had. And I mean, this is better for sure, but I need to like, I don't know. She keeps telling me I need to get like wax for it because it keeps fucking growing down. And I don't want to like cut it, but I don't know shit about any of this stuff, but yeah, it's fun. It's and well, plus it's like, it was like 90 degrees a few days or 90 plus degrees a few days in a row at work. And it's like, I was sweating so bad and I'm like, I'm not cutting my hair yet, but like, I got to shave my face and I don't want to like go completely like baby face again. Right. So, yeah, I, I gave it a shot. And, you know, somebody today told me that I looked like the drug dealer from the movie Dope. So I was like, cool as fuck, like awesome. And then uh, they were like, yeah, it's better that you look like a drug dealer around here instead of like a businessman, because people will probably trust you a little more. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah. So and it's also the dude from Workaholics. So I was really psyched about that because I want like <laughs> I was going to make a, a very crass joke. Yeah, what's that? I'm going to do it anyway now. now <laughs> that uh, that Rachel was in on it, I was wondering if she said to you, hey, I want to go for a mustache ride. She did not. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame. She actually, though, like the second I shaved, she was like, oh, my God, like, I didn't want to say this, but like, this is so much better than a beard. Like, it's, oh. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I guess it she, doesn't she scratch was her like, face as much. She was all like, you know what, Brian? Uh, I've always had this thing for Tom Selleck. Um, I want you to have a mustache and then plow me like your Magnum PI. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. But, All yeah, right. And it's like, it's been, oh man, I can feel the breeze on my face. I mean, it's still a warm breeze, but it's like, it's slightly more bearable. I haven't, I have not had a cleanly shaven face since 2010. Holy shit. Yeah, I've had the I've the full beard has been like a 2015 and forward. Yeah. Uh, but before that, it was when I when my wife and I met, I was cleanly shaven. I mean, cleanly ba and baby face, too, because I was I was 29 when her and I met. And now I'm 42. So uh, I, she was like, you know, you need to grow. You need to grow your hair out, and you need to you know, grow some facial hair because you know you, you look. Because like my kid and I had like you. You look like a boy. <laughs> That's what I was told. So I was told to not do maintenance on my face or on my hair. It's real and easy. It's very simple. Um, I remember one. It was two years. I didn't go and have a haircut. It was two years before I, I got a haircut, and all I did was. Uh, like I got like four and a half inches off of the hair that that was that was how long yeah. it was this is it's this is two years this month or like in July technically good but yeah yeah good it's the barbarian in you that it's fun uh, it's coming out here you know um and as far as like you know when it comes to uh, mustaches, Christopher can school you because this man had one of the finest mustaches in Stark County, if not northeast Ohio. yeah, it looks real thick and lush. Well, like he had one that he had. I was a dapper it. man. Yeah, 
I got some wax and I curled it like, like, like <laughs> a dastardly fucking, villain mustache. That's fucking awesome. I want to do that. It was amazing. Like it was, it was truly amazing. He would come into work and it would be curled. Like we're talking turn of the 19th into the 20th century style mustache. Day. <laughs> a little vodka. I rode in, I rode into work on the, 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 the two, the old, old timey bicycle with the huge front yeah. wheel. Yeah. Do you have a bowler hat? <laughs> he should have had one, but yeah, that was a fancy mustache. So Christopher can can tell you about the mustaching and the yeah, wax. I can recommend some waxes for you. There you uh, go. Well, thank you. Yeah, anything anything is appreciated. That's good. That's good. So, anything good happening here at all? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's hot out there. I hope that y'all have been washing with one of our sponsors' products because. It's a hot one today, a bit of a heat wave. We're going to be in the mid to upper 80s, if not 90, for a couple of days here and then remain in the 80s period for a while. Those of you in Florida are like, whatever, that sounds like spring. That's fine. We we don't, they like. At least they have the beach, though, you know, like. Dude. Well, some of them. Depends. Yeah. It depends because if you, Jacksonville, Florida Beach versus Naples, Florida Beach, or Miami Beach, those are all mutually exclusive. Jacksonville, Florida Beach is garbage. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. straight trash. The water is dirty. Yeah. Is it worse than like the beach at in like New Jersey, like Atlantic City or something? Like ooh, it's fucking ooh. New Jersey, Brian. <laughs> yeah, like I wanna I want context. I've never been to Jacksonville, Florida. Listen, listen as a native I'd say it's like probably like half a notch to a notch better than Jersey. Oh, that's okay, that's still pretty bad. No good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, the garbage yeah. state. No, it wasn't my intention to sugarcoat it or make it sound good. It's just uh, it doesn't take much effort to be better than Jersey. <laughs> no offense, Jay. No offense. None, none taken. I don't live there. I don't think uh, anybody I, I from Jersey would actually, like, in all honesty, disagree. Like, they'll it'll be a front, but, like, deep down, they know. It's okay. Deep. We understand. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's a Jersey thing. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> but listen, like I'm telling you, like I I was down Point Pleasant last year in July, and like a moron, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, you know what? Like it's I was visiting uh, a relative, and it was time for me to go back to my Airbnb, and I had my kid with me, and I'm like, let's park the car and let's go walk down to the boardwalk. The boardwalk is open till like two or two thirty in the morning. Yeah. Is it is it a magical place? Well, I, I let me allow me to get there. All right. Uh, we, we we did not arrive at the boardwalk because, like I said, like an asshole in Ohio, I'm like ample parking all the time, even if it's further away than my. I don't know if I'd say that necessarily, but listen, relatively, I guess. Listen, even if it's not ample, usually on a weekend it's free. Okay, unless there's a big event. Oh God. But we're talking about. Let's say I'm going down to Wooster. Yeah. There's a fireworks display, and I want to park my car at one of the local parking lots okay one of the local parking lots i'm down canton way maybe i'm gonna do that i could find a parking spot and not have to i'm not talking about a sports team i'm not talking about parking for a concert i'm just talking about regular parking you're gonna park for free yeah generally how it works not business that's how us ohioans expect it to be correct and the mistake the, the egregious mistake was on my behalf because here I am driving around, and it was $20 to park anywhere. And I look Jesus. at my kid. I'm like, we're going to go over to Bridge. You look over to your right because we're going north. The right, 
That way is east. That's the Atlantic Ocean. That's where you're going to see it. It's dark. It's the same thing. Whatever. That's as closest to the ocean that we got. I couldn't like, park anywhere for that. Did, didn't hours. get to go under the boardwalk. No, no, national lampoon. Fucking smoking some drugs under the boardwalk. Fucking each other's butts under the boardwalk. Always Sunny did a great bit about right, right. They did. (laughs) That's what inspired the lyrics. But I've been to the. I've literally been to the boardwalk up at up Tom's River and down uh, close to like Atlantic City is going to be obviously nicer. Up Tom's River. That sounds terrible. Yeah, well, <laughs> New Jersey. I mean, like, New Jersey. No, it sounds like a, a euphemism or like an in, innuendo, like for something not so pleasant. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going up Tom's River <laughs> later. Like, <laughs> the guy, there's a pizza place in Point Pleasant that we got pizza from. Yeah. And when I'm talking about, like, it was thin, thin crust, like you would expect, it's East Coast. New York style. Exactly. Close proximity to New York City, relatively. The reason why the pizza was so good, and this is my relative told me, he's like, yeah, he brings down, he actually has water come from Brooklyn. Yeah, they truck it in. They truck in water for the pizza. And that's yeah. what makes the pie good. Other minerals, man. Yeah, if they use New Jersey water, as expected, wouldn't be as good. Now, I can't wait to find out. Like, this that this crust been... has an aftertaste of raw sewage. Ugh. But like, what if the shit that makes like New York pizza so great? What if it's just like lead or some <laughs> shit? Right. And it's like that's why everybody there's so fucked up. Everybody like, thinks it's good because they're bra- they're fucking they got the all- onset of Alzheimer's and forget. It's the what collapse of the Roman is. Empire. Like you're just eating lead. You're consuming lead in all of your pizza. Yeah, oh, like the aqueduct they built is yeah. lined with lead and has cadmium in the water, and it's like, but it makes a good pie, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah, it makes a good bobbity boopy. It makes you a see good that? pie. There, someone's trying to propose they put like lithium in like public water supplies so people won't like all kill themselves, and it's like, oh man, like everyone's gonna be more brain dead than they were. That sounds horrible. Great, load it up. Put put more fluoride <laughs> in the water. Put more whatever. Just put whatever you want in there. Whatever you want. But antidepressants, I don't know about lithium, but in general, like antidepressants um, also. Make you have suicidal thoughts. For people that don't need them. Yeah, like on the opposite end. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, let's just put MDMA in the municipal water. You know, that way everybody will be raving. (laughs) I hope. I mean, I'd choose that before fucking lithium. What was the famous quote from Orwell? When he was talking to some Stalinist saying, you know, like trying to justify all the killings, like the millions of people that died and that the marks, the Stalinist was like, in order to in order to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. And then the uh, George Orwell goes, where's the omelet? Well, now here's your omelet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so congratulations. I hope they water up. I, I hope they do. I, I'm looking forward to this because you know what? The country's already spiraling in, in the, in the world. It's been a big week. <laughs> week. I'm not even going to talk about it because wow, really, hold on. What makes me sick to my stomach is the virtue. Yeah, it's, it's so they can fundraise. It's campaigning. Like it's there's all. Uh. And I'm not going to. And I don't. I'm. I. I've. I will not engage in any text messages, phone <laughs> call conversations. Don't bother me with that shit. I don't. I don't know what your opinion is, and I don't care what it is. It's none of my. I don't. I don't care. Well, you, those of you that know me personally know how I feel about shit, and that's it. But I'm sick of, like, there's either grandstanding that this is a, a wondrous occasion, and on the other hand, 
there's people posting pictures of the of, of you know like you know the handmaiden's tale shit that i'm never gonna watch i, I have no interest in watching and it's no offense i just i'm not interested well, what Talk are you about fucking about? hyperbole, though. Yeah, but like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, is this where we're gonna we're gonna play this game where you post this shit on and like, and then people are like, I saw one from a friend of ours. We're like, if you have to go out of state for a camping trip and can't talk about the camping trip, let me know and I'll take you there. And we'll never talk about the camping trip, bitch. You just doxed them. You just said that you would take somebody across state lines for a camping trip. I mean, they're not all retarded. They just found out what in Minecraft means. We had to change it to GTA they, 5. because They just found out what in Minecraft means. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Like, like they, they haven't figured this out. Like, it's been like a couple of years, right? Like, we got some mileage out of it. Sergeant, Sergeant First Class I mean, Big you, Business told me it was a really, problem. But, but do you really have to even do all of that? Like, sometimes things are not that complicated like just you know how how's it going on now without the camping trip business i, I don't know I, I don't know but i just I, I i had to log out of there for a little bit because as soon as it happened like the online the the garbage that started spewing out of people's mouths the tides changed like the wind shifted literally like it took less than five minutes it was really frustrating because most of these and most of these people are mad because they want to be mad as opposed to mad because of principle you know what i mean like i i and i'm sick of it like i hate what social media has become for so many for so many reasons but facebook is really awful when it comes cultural cesspool it is that's this is right the but the boomer posting is egregious like it is so bad it is so disgusting it's the same crap the, the the handmaiden's tale pictures are exactly the same as the people posted pictures of gas prices talking about at least i'm not getting bombed at least i don't have to worry about the russians it's like bitch you never did what <laughs> talking about you know what i mean like and then people are like well i'm not ashamed to post uh, this picture of the american flag in the bible i want to see who else is fuck you i don't do those chain letters we haven't done that since the 80s whatever happened here they've never stopped what are you, nobody right. broke the chain what are you talking about hey repost this and you'll find five quid like get out of here you're never gonna work. find five dollars no vladimir putin has it because you just bought gas did you see the uh Oh, shit. I, I think it was on Twitter, but someone was posting about how, like, Ukrainian, I don't know, royalty is not the right word, but, like, the upper crust uh, and, like, the military upper crust, like, the generals and shit in the Ukraine. Really class. They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. The but generals and the oligarchs. They're buying up property in, like, Switzerland or some shit, like, all these fucking rich estates. <laughs> and everybody's like, I wonder where all our money's going. Wait, how about, and somebody pointed this out, Mind you, I'm not jumping into the Ukraine thing either. There's bad things happening. I, 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 I don't live there. I forgot it was even still happening. They keep yeah, the cycle they, going so much. Like <laughs> what's happened in the past month? They, they, the CIA killed the kids in Uvalde, right? They, they, they did that. Or the oh, did, they, did they release any footage yet, or no? Oh no, they're fighting that. They're, they, oh, okay. oh no, yeah. they're fighting that. They're gonna tear the school down. Yeah, any trace, look, any trace of evidence, it's man. It's not looking good. This is gonna. It's like, like look the, the other way. The Vegas. Shooting happens nothing going on over now. here. Just tear the fucking building down. Yeah, I, I, there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see. <laughs> so we went from that, and then we went to people losing their minds. You know, the liberals switched parties or switched sides, and now they believe in states' rights when it comes to... <laughs> right? Because they struck that shit down. They struck that garbage down from New York, 
And I can't wait for like, it'll be like a hundred years. It's going to be like, it was a war over states' rights. And it's like, we all know what it was really about. <laughs> it's just the exact same fucking, yeah. oh, like, you could just copy and paste. And then they, and then they, the, the last thing happened, that should, that which that shall not be named here happened. And then they just switched to posting about that. The world was about, I posted this a long time ago and I said, I'm really grateful that in September of 2001, we didn't have social media because oh I, my God. I think I would have burnt. Oh my God. You know, I want to see someone needs to te- like one of those AI bots that like generates like a story. They need to feed it. Like, give me a story about nine 11 when social media existed or something like, what would that look like? I want to see the closest we got. I, I think was like, okay, so four or five years. No, about 2004, 2005, MySpace was a thing, right? And, that, yeah, and I wasn't on it, really. That was limited. Well, no, because, I mean, you were you were a kid, literally. <laughs> yeah, I was in elementary school. And I, and I still stand by. I know Angel's on my team with this. MySpace was the shit. I like Way better. Yeah. Way it, better. That's what all the memes keep saying. It's got to be true. It is. It's a hundred percent true, and then everybody. Everybody went, was so much more chill. <laughs> it was great. You put music on your profile. You could write. You taught you had to write a little bit of code to put up, like you know, a profile scene or something like that. You picked the background. It was great. You had your, your top friends. Your, you put on there. Yeah, that shit. That was the best. It was the best. It was. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Were <laughs> uh, the halcyon days of MySpace that I thoroughly enjoyed. You had your own blog. You could write a blog post and put that on there. Oh, it was fantastic, man. It was, and you could see who read it. So you could see who really were your friends and who were just, you know, hangers on, not really paying attention to your life. You could also customize your own page with code if you were like into that. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like this thing was awesome. This thing was awesome. And by the way, for, for those that don't know, I am, I am extreme. I am a very petty person when it comes to the online interaction if people don't like my shit on, on uh, Instagram, I will not like their picture in return. How do you like that? That's the kind of petty asshole I am. Not on the used guys page because somebody else runs that. I'm talking about my personal one. But yeah, if somebody doesn't like my stuff, I don't like their stuff. If they don't read what they don't watch my stories, I don't fucking watch theirs. But like MySpace would give you the skinny on the blog thing. Be like, hey, somebody, you know, these are the people that read it. Oh, these motherfuckers are not paying attention to my stuff. Fine. Ignoring you. Uh, so, but yeah, it was way better. It was way better. I enjoyed it a lot more. I'm not kidding you. Now, this is long. These were in my bachelor days. These were my post-divorce days. So you all have to forgive me for this. Um, but I used to have a form letter. I would find, you could search for girls that were like single moms um, within a certain age range. And I had a form letter I would send out 10 a week to 10 different girls. And maybe one or two would write me back, and out of those one or two, I would maybe get one date out of it. Oh, my God. I was a machine. Like, I was all over it. It, it, it was incredibly effective. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was great. It was it was before the garbage that you— It was proto-Tinder. <laughs> That's it. So, like, it was—I loved MySpace, but it was—it seemed to be a little bit less, I don't know, trashy than what we're experiencing. now. It's so— bad twitter it was always a cesspool everybody knew that but when the boomers got facebook like it's really gotten worse it's really really awful on there and i i don't know man i don't know how much more i can take like i really don't like it's really the posting and especially lately 
with uh with you know the political posting and this garbage about you know i'm telling them to drive you over the state lines to go on a camping trip it's like do you have to post that or have you asked somebody if you can do that for them i mean why post about it just just go help it's like the people filming themselves giving homeless people money like right it's like oh like doing it for clout not to be a good person so that's exact christopher you guys brian you hit it right on the head that like they have that crap on TikTok where they're like, they have the phone. We're like, hey man, are you hungry? Why are you holding the phone up? Right. A poor person digging for garbage to eat. Like, just put the phone down and give them a sandwich for Christ's sake. What are we? <laughs> you know, don't do it because you want to look like a good person. Just put your phone down and go help, or don't help, but don't don't try to pretend like you're you know. Feel yourself not helping. <laughs> I feel myself not helping anybody all the time, and I and I have. I, I, <laughs> Here. I, I'm fine with it. Um, big news out of Akron. Oh fuck! So this is awful. Uh, I bring you more of the same, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this one is, uh, you know, uh, what is it? A WKYC. We're going to lube you up for this story with the KY. Eight Akron police officers fired 90 plus shots during a confrontation with a fleeing motorist. Autopsy records confirmed that an unarmed Akron man was struck dozens of times by a barrage of more than 90 shots fired by police officers following a chase early Monday morning. The volume of gunfire and extensive wounds have caused police and city officials to prepare for a potential public backlash. The response is expected only to intensify when Akron police reach the body camera footage or release the body camera footage coming in the coming days. I'm sure they're not going to give you everything you're looking for. Quote, use of force cases are always ugly. This case is ugly times 10. A police off, uh, official familiar with the shooting told three news investigates. The official is not authorized to speak publicly about the shooting. Using a public records law that provides access to autopsy documents, three news investigates viewed photos of Jalen Walker's bullet-riddled body, along with the dozens of bullet fragments removed during the autopsy. How awful. The final autopsy report has not yet been put in writing. Summit County Medical Examiner Dr. Lisa Kohler said the report is expected to be released this week. Walker's death has been ruled a homicide, Kohler's office said Wednesday. However, the photos provided Wednesday confirm what police sources have previously told three news investigates. Eight officers fired more than 90 shots, causing more than 60 wounds to Walker's body. Three news examined autopsy records, including about 150 photos of Walker's wounds and 60 photos of bullet fragments. A large majority of the wounds were to the front of Walker's body. Wounds could be seen from his face down to his lower legs. Some wounds were uh, depicted on his back, but unclear if the marks are entrance or exit wounds. That's how many times this guy got shot. They're like, we don't know if it's going in or out. Akron police said they attempted to stop Walker's car just after midnight for a traffic infraction equipment issue. Walker instead led the officers on a high-speed chase down East Talmadge Avenue towards State Route 8. At some point, police say Walker fired a gun. Sources tell Three News that in one case, that one casing was found in Walker's car, and a second was found in the roadway near Route Eight. Ah, wait, wait. This is this is what there are conflicting stories. Did you read? One story said he was unarmed. This story is saying that he is armed. So which one is it? It's Schrodinger's dead guy. You know what I mean. However, a gun, however, was re- was recovered inside Walker's car. The source confirmed. Okay, some of say, so, the sources say some of the last shots were fired while Walker's body was on the pavement. 
Walker was on the ground dead when medical help arrived. Autopsy records show he was handcuffed after the shooting. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, after 60 rounds going into the guy, you just can't be sure you're not shooting at the T-1000. The corpse is twitching. Restrain it. <laughs> Stop resisting. Stop resisting. I'm afraid for my life. <laughs> Did you hear a dog barking? Kaka! <laughs> Um, the public is going to have legitimate questions, and I've got questions, Milet said, who is the police chief. So um, it's been ruled a homicide. Uh, we have Brian, I believe, saw a story that said that there was, the man was unarmed, but yet another news outlet is saying that he was armed. Well, it's I just said he had the gun in the car. That doesn't mean anything. That's right. I, it absolutely doesn't because uh, it's constitutional carry, right? So... As of June 13th, so it's been half a month. So, um, once again, the police do what they do best, which is kill people if they're not killing dogs or stealing from you or a myriad of other horrid activities that they participate in. So that's local news for you here in the uh, Supreme Soviet of Northeast Ohio. Very exciting. Um, And then the mayor canceled the Independence Day celebrations in in Akron. And by the way, I don't think we should have Independence Day celebrations, period, because I don't know what the hell we declared our independence from or what freedoms we still have that truly exist. Out of the frying pan. Yes. I, I, I'm, I, and I love fireworks, hot dogs, and apple pie because I'm a normal person and I like to have a good time. But um, what freedom? What freedom? Now they have the states can do red, red flag laws on you, completely circumventing, quote, the Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. How about that for freedom? Your neighbor doesn't like you, you get swatted. Oh, that happened? They, they did something with that? Well, yeah, they passed gun control in the form of you have to, they go, you go through an extensive background check now if you're under 21, if you're purchasing a rifle. You all know how I feel about background checks. The people who are going to do bad things don't ever take a background check, mostly. Okay. No. They, it's not something that happens. And it's like they take like five fucking minutes. It's just everything's backlogged. So like it took like a year. If you if you're trying to get like an ATF item, like you're gonna wait twelve to fourteen months minimum. And then they're gonna say, Oh, we don't have enough people employed. We need more we need more agents so we can file all this shit or whatever. It's trash. You mean for like cans? Yeah, or if you're doing an SBR or well, there's some there's some of it that doesn't take as long, but cans it was a year for me, and it was just like Jesus Christ, like you you pay for all of it, you can go look at it in the store, you can hold it, you just can't leave with it. No, for, of course for a fucking year, it's so stupid. Of course not. No, they passed a, a uh, the first gun control bill since um, 1993. Oh wow, taken. And it, it bribes the states. The federal government is bribing the states. That's those are my words. Yeah. With so they have an incentive to do something. Federal funny money. Yep. Federal funds uh, to incentivize the implementation of red flag laws. So it's not looking good, man. I feel no. like I'm not much of a chess player, but I'm trying to see how all these moves relate. <laughs> it's like where are we going exactly? Like I mean, it's not hard to tell, but like I want specifics. Well, no, it's it's not meant to look good. And I'm just hoping that, as Michael Malice says, that the ideological self-segregation continues and we all end up going our own separate ways and have a nice divorce. I mean, just because you're married doesn't mean you have to stay married when you're unhappy. You know what I mean? So there's that. Speaking of which, this is kind of a surprise. Uh, this is a good one. This is from The Guardian, a bastion of conservative journalism. I'm sure you, you know that being facetious, of course. 
A quarter of Americans open to taking up arms against the government, a poll says. Ooh, I read this article. Yes. Survey of 1,000 registered U.S. voters also revealed that, the, that most Americans agree that government is corrupt and rigged. Well, I'm glad that we have that in common. So here we go. We're getting somewhere. All right. More than one quarter of U.S. residents feel so estranged from their government that they feel it might, that it might, quote, soon be necessary to take up arms against it, a poll released on Thursday claimed. What are you going to do against an F-15? Uh, (laughs) I'll just launch Hellfire missiles at you. (laughs) That's their go-to. Either a weapon of war that's useless or it's a weapon of war that needs to be confiscated. You got to pick one. So a quarter of the American people, that's what? Like maybe 84 million? Well, t- 300. Billion? 300. Do, we have th- do we have 350 now? No, the last one was 330. The last All one right. was 330 million people. A quarter of 330 million people. That's probably 80. That's 83, right? Like 83 million. I don't know. Somebody 80. get a calculator. Brian, do the math, would you? Oh, fuck. Hold on. Let me. Or am I doing it right now? I'll do it. 330, 1, 2, 3, 2, 3. 82 million, 500,000. Angel was spot on. Okay. Good job. So that's, that's not a lot. 82 million people is. Uh, I don't know. 82 million people. Compared to like how many people uh, actually live here though. Like that's, I mean. That's, that's a lot of fucking people. I agree. I want to see, like, what are the that's, a, that's quite a what large the, standing army there. Yeah, what was it for the Revolutionary War? They said it was 3%. Yeah. Actually did shit. So if it was yeah. like, it yeah. should be over in no time, right? Like, the only problem is like being able to reach everybody because maybe they're not all in the same spots. This is true. And what are you going to do against um, a drone strike? Yeah, your weapons are useless. Yeah. <laughs> Laughs in <and> Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Laugh. laughs> <laughs> so here they we have all our stuff now. <laughs> they they do. I, they could be the ones flying the drones. Like they're they're. Could you imagine when the Taliban got contracted out by the U.S. government to fight the civilian population of the United <laughs> States? What if it's the other way around and we have to be like, hey, listen, Taliban. I know we've had our differences, and <laughs> we we like we join hands and like. Yeah, we, we kind of paid for the stuff you're already using. All we're asking is that you come over here and use it. I actually have no problem with you as people. I think we have the same enemy. I'm going to be honest. It like, would be just like South Park when they called Bin Laden. <laughs> to get rid of the Jersey Shore people. <laughs> yeah. See, it's, it ties in too well. Okay. There's something here. Yeah, it, it's, you know what, that's a silver lining. So... This is what it says. The data suggests that extreme polarization in U.S. politics and its impact on Americans' relationships with each other remain strong. These statistics come as Congressional Committee is holding public hearings on the January 6th attempt. Oh, my God. Are those still going? Yes, they're still going. Dude, they're never going to fucking give that up. Dude, can you never. also, like, so what? R. Kelly's in prison longer than Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, that's, I and mean, R. Kelly should be in prison. But like, and we still don't know who any of Jis uh, no, Lane's no clients. clients were. No, never going to know. She's going to die. Speaking of which, so they gave her 20 years, right? They gave yeah. her 20 years. Uh, Ray, Ray text messaged me and she was like, uh, you know, do you think that she'll do the 20 years? And I'm like, if she lives, she may do like three or five or whatever. I forget. But yeah, no, no. You really think she's going to do 20 years? 
You really think she's going to do 20 years, guys? Come on now. No client list. We have we can we can assemble a client list. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah, like we we have it, but like what's actually going to happen? Like I'm going to go. Angel's got the documents that she has. She's done the research uh, with the flight logs. Uh, we have the flight logs, so we know who's been going to the island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have the documents. <laughs> I have them. But, but she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And that list has been flying around, no pun intended, for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's kind of an open secret. I don't see any Taliban on that list. <laughs> no, no, no. They just fucked the local kids. They didn't have any imported children. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's Yeah. Remember Tim Dillon and the, the, the it was about. You can come grow heroin here. We have boys. Like, yeah, dude, I show that video to a person, a new person, like once a week, probably. It's and, and like, it's probably the only thing in my recents on YouTube, honestly. Yeah, that was it. Was a gem. It was truly a gem. Oh, it's an art. It's yeah. it's just too perfectly spot on. He's the George Carlin of uh, of this era. That's for sure. Absolutely. Listen to this. The deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol stemmed from the false partisan pro-Donald Trump belief that Jose Bidano did not win the 2020 erection. Rioters attempted attempted to thwart certification of the election. Think about that. Thwart. Like they couldn't move it to another. They could have had it at the country club that they that they trafficked the children in and voted him in. They didn't need to do it in the sacred halls of democracy. Yeah, like does any of that shit even happen there? Like they're probably processing all this shit in a fucking warehouse in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like all this stuff's for show. Yeah, well, they process it in the same place they found the 81 million votes for the corpse. Come on now. <laughs> Stop it already. Like no, no that. Here's the thing. Now, the new thing is apparently Trump grabbed the wheel yeah. to go like lead his troops in the battle. Oh, my God. Biggest horseshit story I've ever heard. Right. Man, come on now. He, he, like a movie. He grabbed the wheel and he's going to. And he, they, somebody told him they're armed. And they're like, they're, they're not going to hurt me. <laughs> but people love movies. Like, that's all. Like, it, yes. it's been what? So for the last two years now, people. Haven't really seen a lot of each other. They've been locked inside. They're watching TV. They're watching movies. Marvel keeps pumping that fucking shit out. And people are like, they're eating it up. It's better than real life. Real life would be better if it were more like that fucking garbage. And then they just give it to them. That's a good point, man. That That's a really good point. So, yeah, I bring you more of the same. So, you know, this... The, the article here that is kind of strange how they've kind of assembled this... So it goes on, although the violent insurrection has targeted Republicans and Democrats alike, GOP Trump loyalists <laughs> have insisted that the committee is illegitimate. These attacks on the committee intensified after Trump staffers themselves, including former Attorney General Bill Barr, publicly described his efforts to push the big lie that the presidential election was stolen. The survey indicates that distrust in government varies among party lines. of participants said they generally trust elections to be conducted fairly and counted accurately. Republicans, Democrats, and independents were dramatically split on this point. Nearly 80% of Democrats voiced overall trust in elections, but that number dipped to 51% amongst independents and a mere 33% of Republicans, of course, because their party won the game. So, of course, they feel that when my team wins, democracy works. But when my opinion is not the one that's carried forward, 
this is this is a sham and something is rigged and we need justice now. It's time to play a new game. It's a threat to democracy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So 49% of Americans concurred that they feel more and more uh, like a stranger in their own country. Welcome to the club. We've been there for a while. We don't know where you've been, but it's right. You guys are almost here. (laughs) Almost here. So they did a survey of a thousand people. So 500 people feel this way. Is that the way I'm understanding or am I reading this article wrong? This it's, yeah, it's usually like a scientific survey that's yeah, the, the sample. correct sample size. I feel like it's not like I I it's gotta be hard to get a thousand people to do anything. But it's like I feel like and it's like, yeah, you gotta pull from all these different areas to be representative of different demographics, but it's like I feel like they need more than a thousand people for something like that. Think about this. Look at the look at the next numbers that I'm going to provide you with. Of the twenty-eight percent of voters who felt it soon might be necessary to take up arms against the government. 37% had guns in their homes, according to the data. 37% of the 28%? Correct. Okay. One third of Republicans, including 45% of strong Republicans, hold this belief about taking up arms. What the fuck is a strong Republican? I don't know. One that works out? 35% of independent voters and 20% of Democrats also agreed the poll said. Well, where are the Democrats getting their guns from? Because they certainly don't like them. At least we hear that they don't like them. I know that... A California Democrat is far different from one that's from Ohio, uh, but still, like, yeah, like, say most most people that I know, like especially down around my way, even if they're Democrats, own guns. Yeah. <laughs> so can you, Jay? Can you break that down? Like, what what are they trying to say of the twenty eight percent of voters who felt it may be it might soon be necessary to take up arms against the government. 37% had guns in their homes. How do you do 30? How does that okay, work? Okay, well, so look, it's 28% of voters who felt it might be necessary mm-hmm. to take up arms. So let's take 28%, all right? And out of that 28%, okay, you would then have 30%, 37%. So the rest, that's what, 63% of that, of that uh, population mm-hmm. is unarmed. So the what I take from this is that they're wholly unprepared for a, a, a genuine. Or they're waiting for someone else to go fucking do it. They're like, yeah, I wanna, but it's like I'm gonna sit back here and watch, and that's right. all, that's just what everybody. We gotta take up do. arms against the like, government. Well, here's a gun. Oh no no no! I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, don't we have like tart? Don't um, we have more poor people, like people poorer than me, that can go do that? <laughs> Here's that want to go to college or something like, the same crap that you see on Twitter. If it's time to lose them, it's time to use them. Okay, since you're at rhymes, it were, it's got to be true, man. But if you're the one advocating for it's time to use them, why haven't you started shooting yet? Because we all know what happens. It's like it's the same shit. Like it's exactly like when I was in high school and everybody was like, "Oh, we should just vote third party," and they're like, third party will never win." And it's like it like all you have to do is get people to vote yeah sure someone's got to be the first one to go do it and it's like we see that and it never fucking works because only that person goes and does it and then everybody watches them fucking fail miserably and they're like well i don't want to be that guy but it's like if you like, all ooh, it's just like bad it's the whole thing where it's like oh if everybody stopped paying taxes or so like all at the same time yeah like, 
Yeah, I, I think that. But that, it's never going to happen. Except because, working class people can't stop paying taxes because yeah, they've integrated into the takes system, the tax yeah. dollars out before they ever even see their goddamn paycheck. Yeah, it's real rough. Like I, why do people think? I know because I'm a fucking working class chump. What was? <laughs> why? Why did they think that was going to be a good idea? How was that going to help us in any kind of way? What was the the pitch for that back in the day? What are you talking about? Income tax. Which which version of it? Because Lincoln put in the first one during the Civil War. Okay, so it's just they need money to go fight, and this is like just the price you're going to have to pay. Andrew, would you look up the origins of the? Uh, I want to get this right when it comes to income tax. Sure. Because I believe the first version of it was for Lincoln and paying for the Union Army. If I'm not now, it's now it's it. just to perpetually pay for war. Read how oh, Papa's. Well, yeah. Uh, democracy, uh, the God that failed. That really. I don't know if I have that. Uh, you should put it on your list. The it's, in it's their- on the list for sure. I might have. I think I got a cup. I got. Well, he wrote. Fuck. Rothbard was Anatomy of the State. Hoppe did Democracy, the God that failed. He did other shit though too, and I think I own one of them. Uh, there is a art. There's like a um, snippet from the Mises.org. Um, what would you like me to pull up? Do you want me to share the screen so you can see? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Now you just get to pay a lot, a lot, a lot of money for gas, and that's the price we have to pay. That's the and price of your freedom. Yeah, and it's as long as we need to, according to them, or like as long freedom as we have to. Isn't free. That first link. And yeah, see, there it is right there. Uh, here we go. Uh, the first proposal was in 1812 to impose an income tax on America during the War of 1812. Okay. Two years after war, the federal government had accumulated, then staggering 100 million in debt. Could you imagine if we were only 100 million in debt? It would be a, it would be a grand day out. 1861, 3% tax on all income above 600 a year, about $10,000 today. No revenue was ever raised because the second tax passed before the first was due. The war's demand on resources made the earlier tax ineffective, and the sale of bonds could not keep up with the expenditures of the administration and the armies. In March, of, uh, in March, Congress passed an income tax of 3% on annual income to $600 to $10,000, and 5% on incomes from ten to 50000 and threw in a small inheritance tax, too. Lincoln signed the bill on July 1st, 1862. To take effect a month later, the Union debt then stood at $505 million. The tax also included the first appearance of withholding and was applied to federal salaries and on interest and dividends. And then in 1863, it was a 5% tax on incomes above $600 to pay for an army recruitment program that would pay men $2 per recruit and pay recruits their first month of pay in advance. Well, yeah, because they were going to die. So you might as well, you know, pay them now. Uh, Otherwise, you know, what's the point? Uh, 1864 rates were raised rates were raised again 3% tax on income above $600 or more to pay you're moving it too fast I I'm can't. sorry okay I stopped moving it anyway I, I, I lost my place the confederacy also experimented with a progressive yeah tell the yeah bring that up to the CSA apologists aha they they experimented with a progressive income tax how unconfederate of them uh, eventually imposing a, ta- a a tax in kind that further destroyed the already ruptured and blockaded economy of the South. All right. After the war ended, the income tax continued to on to pay the government's gigantic debt, but resistance was building in 1867. 
progressing rates were then replaced with a flat tax of 5% on all incomes above $1,000 a year. However, the penalty for failure to file was raised to 50%, and the payment date was moved from June 30th to April 30th. It expired in 1870. It was replaced with a 2.5% tax on incomes above $2,000. Finally, when the law expired in 1872, 1872, the United States was again without an income tax. Oh, see, it's possible. They've done it before. Like, well, I say it's time we fucking get rid of it again. I want to go up to the I, I, Woodrow Wilson is the devil here. Go keep going up into the night, uh, the 20th century. Let's get out of the 19, 1913. There it is. Richard, Richard E. Burr, the speaker of the Virginia House of Delegates, predicted a hand from Washington will be stretched out and placed upon every man's business. Heavy fines imposed by distant and unfamiliar tribunals will constantly menace the taxpayers. An army of federal officials, spies, and detectives will descend upon the state. Pandora had opened the box. 1912 presidential election between uh, advocates, uh, three advocates of income tax. The winner, Woodrow Fuck You Wilson, after the ratification of the 16th Amendment, called a special session of Congress in April of 1913, which proceeded to pass an income tax of 1% on incomes above $3,000 and applied surcharges between 2 and 7% on incomes from $20,000 to $500,000. A few years later, the Supreme Court kissed and blessed uh listen of course they do you mean the court was not independent and they 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 agreed with this crap okay progressivity anyway uh the income tax returned as the product of an unholy combine between statist intellectuals with visions of state-sponsored utopias envious demagogues and the desire by the established wealthy interests to prevent any competition to their place and to offload business costs to an expanding regulatory welfare state. Wow. After the first revenue raised by new income tax was disappointing, though, only 28 million in 1914, but it then accelerated 41 million the next year when the top rate was 7% and nearly 68 million in 1916 when it was raised to 15%. Eventually, more than 1 billion would be pulled in by the income tax during the whole of World War I when rates were raised to 67% in 1918 and 77% in 1918 and make the hated tax the permanent feature it has become today. So once again, 77%. Look at me and wonder why that particular era of history I feel is the root, and I blame Gavriello Princip, who is responsible for all of that happening, that son of a bitch in Sarajevo um, in June of 1914. Just past the anniversary, too, uh, recently. Right, we had the creation of the Fed in 1913. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah, it was like... The hits keep on coming. Right, right. They haven't stopped. Fucking the American government's greatest hits, man. That was our golden era. <laughs> Imagine seventy-seven percent. And now, the- I, if if my income was getting taxed 70, 77% right now, like I'm not gonna say what I would do. No, no, because that's against terms and conditions. But I'll say this: like you, you probably wouldn't be alive much longer based on the decision that you would be forced to make. Because what's the point? Mm-hmm. What's the point? If you're dead, they can't. can't. Like if they tax me at seventy-seven percent, I wouldn't even have the money to make a killdozer. No, no, you couldn't. No, do they rent those out? Can you rent that equipment? Community killdozer. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, but how much are you going to pay? Because it's going to take a long time. Because he took a long time putting that together. And time, no, no doubt, in secrecy. Um. So yeah. So 
there we go. But I knew that the devil was Woodrow Wilson, as always. Woodrow Wilson. I mean, he truly is. And he, when you go to New Jersey, by the way, uh, a lot of stuff is named after him out there. A lot of it. No wonder New Jersey fucking stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's not just because of Sea Caucus, my friends. Um, so, yeah, so that's exciting. So we got the cops killing people, going nuts on Route 8. Uh, we've got, um, what is it? They, uh, Jose Baidano, praise be upon him, the emperor, God save the emperor. He said that they want, he wants to reduce the federal tax on fuel to give used guys a break at the pump. So you get pumped a little softer, perhaps instead of pulling your hair while getting pumped, perhaps they massage your neck and your shoulders while you're getting pumped at the pump. You know what I mean? It's just a nice gesture. <laughs> You know, like, oh, you feel my warm breath down the nape of your neck. <laughs> Good thing we're all too old for him, right? <laughs> like that's the irony. If you're old enough right? to drive, like you're out. Yeah, <laughs> it's no good. So yeah, so uh, they're proposing that tax relief. Praise be upon the emperor. Um, that's wonderful. So that so that's good. That's good. Yeah, Why you, don't we just turn the fucking pipelines that we had shut down on? I'm afraid we can't do that. That's just. See, here's the fun game. Here's the fun game. So Biden will get up there and say things that are factual, like he's still issuing permits because, you know, the executive and what had they're issuing permits, which is true. But why would you make the investment when the party who's in charge is literally telling you, I'm going to put you out of business no matter what you do? Why would you invest in the infrastructure? Not to mention, yes, I hate to tell our friends, I'm going to play a little bit of a left-wing card. Why would the oil executives open it up when they could say, well, we're not going to invest in the infrastructure because they're going to shut us down. And, oh, I'm just sorry. This is, you know, demand is here and supply is here. So I guess we're just going to make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting off a clamped over here. <laughs> Shucks. You know, you know who the real loser in all this is? You. The working stiff, the working yes. stiff, the taxpayer, the asshole, that's who the real loser is. <laughs> the, 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 the hits keep on coming. It's just, it, it, it never ends and it never ceases to amaze me. And then when they get gas below $4 a gallon, like it says $3.90. Yeah, they're all going to suck his dick and reelect him because, oh, look at him. He fucking, he doesn't set the gas prices, but he got it down right. below $4. He really gets yeah. That one, like, like I, I don't know how many of you have decided that you know decide to slurp down a large cup of moron, but you really should put the mug down. I, I love our little friend, uh, little Maz to death, but she's a fucking idiot sometimes. The garbage that I see her posting is is beyond acceptable. The president doesn't set the gas prices. Yes, you dopey sod. We know that. It's called policy, fuckhead. What do you think? Like, where, where you been? Does anybody else pay? Did anybody? They've all had their head buried up their asses. Jesus Christ. Well, me, it's more of a, like, where does the rubber really meet the road? Like, are these all wheels that we just see turning, but they don't really do anything? And it's like, there's literally just someone somewhere else calling all the shots. Like, we'll never know. No, but... no, we'll never know. You're right. We we will never know. And I, I listen, guys. Have you ever asked her who, who does? Does she know who does set the gas prices? I would ask her that question. It's the guy at the sign with the pump next to it. Like, they, it, come on. Like, He's got the really long extender thing. They're all on like a, the numbers in yeah, there. They're all on a group phone call. Like, they're talking like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do today. So you got to do this today over here. Like, 
Oh, then we're, my- re- we're really going to fuck them hard today, boys. <laughs> it's going to be a shakedown at the pump. Yeah, happy 4th of July holiday weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're expecting uh, record numbers of people. Who, what, what was it on the radio? I heard today like 50 million people going on trips or some shit for the million. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm. <laughs> I am. Christmas. He's Guilty. one of them. Guilty. <laughs> But he's going in state, so we're not going to. He's not going out. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm only going like two hours away. Oh, so. I don't know if that number was like out of state. I have no idea. Well, you imagine. Well, wait, here's the best part is when it gets down to $3.99. Some of you are like, well, if we were using numbers, you know, when Trump was elected, though, that, that's actually $2.50. Why, why, why is it so high again? Why? Because you pretty. Russia. Vladimir Putin, take that. Putin. <laughs> I'm going to keep paying $10 a gallon for gas. Because I like Ukraine. Well, didn't you see their, their like, economy's doing even better now than it was before the embargo? Because they're fucking, like, <laughs> it's so fucking, like, <laughs> all I see is literally, like, that Tom and Jerry bit where he fucking jams the gun through the hole and it pokes right back through the fucking wall right into his forehead. Like, it's that cartoonish, like. I agree. What were you going to say, Angel? What was it? I, I don't remember. Okay. It's okay. Well, so those of you who, um, if I, it, it's impossible to engage in this crap anymore because all you're going to do, like if you, uh, to answer Angel's question, if you say, well, who does set the gas prices? They're going to immediately go villainize oil executives. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. Okay. I'm not saying that they're wrong. The oil executive is not the friend of the people. We, we understand that's been understood since John D. Rockefeller owned Sohio, okay? For those of you that don't know what Sohio is, look it up, okay? Look up antitrust. It's it, This goes deep, okay? This goes deep. Those, those, yeah, it's oil. It's down there. You got to get it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we understand, yes, oil, oil executives are not friends of the working man. And, and the working people and families and if you want to have a vacation or what have you. But, okay, the president doesn't set the gas prices. But, okay, so who does? Okay, the, the oil companies do. But what about supply and demand? Well, and then obviously there's other factors that go into it. it you know, extracting the the resources and that's right you know there there's so many things like by the time you know it's not like your mom made the apple pie and it went straight from the oven into your mouth you know what i mean like that's the quick ex- example i could give like in order for you to get that gasoline do you know how many people is have have touched it handled it from sure. the raw material process all the way down they fondled it raw. One of those people have to be paid. I agree. I, I understand what you're saying. And furthermore, let, let, let's also uh, visit something. Uh, something was recently brought to my attention. Now, when Christopher and I shared an employer, there was a point in time that I ended up working in the office, in the orifice. I worked in the orifice of corporate headquarters, the, the asshole of corporate. And I was shit out posthumous. It was terrible. Um, I was uh, I was escorted. No, I wasn't escorted out. I walked out. It wasn't even possible. I, I quit. Uh, they told me they were going to get rid of me and I walked out. So that was fine. Um, they gave me six. They said, we'll keep you on for six months to train your replacement from India. And I said, oh, OK, well, I'm going to go ahead and go. <laughs> so, um, that's not going to work for me. But back then when we were doing billing for non-contract work, what happened was this was at you know close to the time where fuel was still quite expensive. We would charge for a fuel surcharge 
those charges are coming back because if diesel remains over five dollars a gallon yeah it's like six around here you are you are you are at the mountain is here and shit travels down you are at the bottom ready to catch a 25 ton boulder of shit that's going to smack you right in the face you're going to pay for it because they have to offset that cost that is just how this works so and then when we're told and again lots of shit moves on trucks man that's what i'm saying and here's the part that gets to me i know that we sound like conspiracy theorists and i very may well be one of them i have been for a long time i guess whatever but when the man comes up and tells us that food shortages are going to be real and then next you know it's going to cost more money to do business and maybe not and there's you know we're short on people doing work i can't wait for like a year from now when they're like here we're issuing you all like actually we don't have enough coffins for all of you but if you could all just fit as many of you as you fucking can in here real quick oh wait the whole we got a hole right over there <laughs> yeah and um it'll be interesting but listen it's 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 not good none of it's going to be good i don't know what to tell you guys but uh yeah so so there's that I hope you enjoyed that. So more of the same, nothing but exciting times here. Uh, I sincerely hope that you enjoyed. I, does anybody um, does anybody have anything interesting that they want to bring up at all, or because I have some interesting stuff to bring up? Well, go ahead. I'm I, all ears, sir. I, I want I, w- I want to talk to you guys about something here because I didn't want it because this is we're now deviating from the serious portion of of this ridiculous show. And by the way. It was announcement was made. The show will end. Will end once we get below four listeners. We are holding strong at seven and a half. <laughs> once we get below four, that's it. We're packed. That's never going to happen. Uh, no, no, the people are. We'll always have four listeners, I guess. Yeah, we're all here. <laughs> yeah, but that was the announcement that was made. If we did, put it this way, if it gets below four outside of this group, we're out of here. We're we're, we're throwing in the towel because ah, fuck them. Nobody cares anyway. So hear about this. 14 ludicrously well thought out fan theories about shows for children. Okay. Listen, this is, I love these. It's like, oh, I, I think I already know a couple of these. Okay. So how about this? Every character in Winnie the Pooh depicts a mental illness. Okay. Parts of Winnie the Pooh, part of the magic of Winnie the Pooh, excuse me, is its diverse ensemble of a cast of flawed yet lovable characters like uh, Xi Jinping. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're not going to allow us. Uh, lovable characters that have to share a world despite all of their respective dispositions. One famous theory by the Canadian Medical Association, they actually jumped in on this, posits that each character represents a different mental illness, all manifesting inside of Christopher Robin's head. Eeyore is clearly depressed. Piglet exhibits classic traits of generalized anxiety disorder. Tigger has attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Al has dyslexia. Pooh has a substance abuse problem. <laughs> and Christopher Robin is, of course, schizophrenic. Every storyline that revolves around Piglet is about constant worrying. Pooh has an insatiable hunger for honey. Owl is, con- is uh, constantly trying to overcompensate for his misgivings despite being brilliant. And Tigger is always trapped in his own world, which changes daily. And Eeyore is well. Eeyore. It all seems to add up, and this theory makes the show more interesting instead of darker, terrifying, or ridiculous. Okay, 
So there's how about this one? So most of you, I didn't watch a lot of Winnie the Pooh, uh, you know, when I got older. Oh, that was my shit, man. How about this one? Courage the Cowardly Dog takes place from the dog's perspective. It should go without saying that most shows take place from the main character's perspective, but Courage the Cowardly Dog takes place from the skewed perspective of its main character, a dog. In the same way that Rugrats' crazy adventures are usually innocuous events in reality, the events in Courage the Cowardly Dog only happen from the perspective of Courage as he understands it. The theory states that Courage is merely a normal dog and that all the villains in the show are normal people that seem menacing to a small animal. Further supporting this theory is the show's setting of Nowhere can The middle of nowhere, yeah. The humans don't actually live in the middle of nowhere, but rather his owners are much too old to take him for regular walks. Following up, another Redditor adds that this theory makes sense because it explains why Courage always feels like he has to protect his owners from all the scary things, even though the owners are very nonchalant about all the situations, act like everything is normal, and Courage is freaking out for apparently no reason. All right. Now, this I, I've never heard of this character before, but Kai Lu... Caillou? Caillou. Caillou. The bald kid? Yeah. According to this fan theory, Caillou, the adorable four-year-old who helps teach toddlers how to overcome everyday challenges, is actually dead. At the age of four, Caillou was diagnosed with terminal cancer and chemotherapy left him bald. The theory states that his parents, who want him to be as happy as possible, generally let him get away with whatever he wants. The result is Caillou appears to be a whiny brat, but the parents are aware that there's no point in correcting the behavior. The entire show has a dreamlike white border signifying that Caillou exists in the memories and imaginations of the stuffed animals and people who miss him. That's sad. It is. Number number four. Yeah. Yeah. I I never watched the show. I don't know anything about it. I didn't know about the white border thing. It's been so fucking long. Well, time to revisit. Number four. Thomas the Tank Engine is a totalitarian nightmare where life means nothing. Well. Their face is always just freaking out. It is out, a tale man. of nihilism. <laughs> Which makes me want to watch it. A Canadian political scientist professor, oh God, one of my own, believes that something is rotten on the island of Sodor, home to Thomas the Tank Engine. She points out that Thomas, that Thomas Universe espouses top-down leadership, is male-dominated, punishes dissent, and is uninterested in the mushy sensitivity of its PBS counterparts. The trains uh, constantly encourage each other to work harder as work is its own reward in their world. It's a fascist dream. In a terrifying episode of Thomas and Friends entitled The Sad Story of Henry, the train conductor punishes a train named Henry who refuses to go out in the rain because it would ruin his new coat of paint. The, the conductor then orders for a brick wall to be built in front of Henry so that nobody can see his new paint job so that he can never leave his private tunnel slash prison. The conductor even leaves the top open a crack just so Henry can see everything he is missing. Oh, my God. That's Holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, Let's see here. Let's see what else do we have here. The, the backyardigans created an imaginary friend who is trapped in their minds. One dark theory about the backyardigans, a series about a group of animals that teaches kids to have fun in their own backyards using their imaginations, is that the friend Uniqua is imaginary. However, once playtime ends, the backyardigans are unable to rid themselves of their fictitious friend. The theory that Uniqua is imaginary comes from the fact that all other backyardigans are real animals, but according to backyardigans' lore, 
Uniqua's species is simply Uniqua. Their daily escape into a world of imagination is starting to bleed into their real lives, and Uniqua is just the beginning of something that will plague them for years. Uh, number, how about this one? Each SpongeBob SquarePants character represents a deadly sin. Yeah. The theory is simple, but makes a lot of sense. It's possible that most kids shows tend to want to find a balanced cast of characters so they can relate to the largest demographic. That's how Winnie the Pooh characters can depict mental illness. And similarly, that's how each major character in the SpongeBob SquarePants represents the seven deadly sins. The theory goes as follows. Mr. Crab is greed. Number two, Plankton is envy. Number three, Gary is gluttony. Number four, Squidward is wrath. Number five, Sandy is pride. Number six, Patrick is sloth. And number seven, SpongeBob is lust. Every character aligns perfectly with a deadly sin as part of their defining traits. <laughs> this is this one's really bad. This is not again. I remember watching this as a kid. The Muppet Babies are all horribly abused children who use escapism as a coping mechanism. The Muppet Babies is a show about a group of ostensibly adopted kids who go on different adventures in their imaginations. These adventures are only interrupted by their nanny, who is seen as a giant overlord. The nanny enforces the rules, but the audience never sees her face, so she is never a sympathetic character. She's merely a force of authority. It's and like Charlie it's, Brown. Yeah, yeah, wah, 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 yeah, exactly, in the eyes of the children. The kids use their imaginations as coping mechanisms, as a result of being abused by the reckless calculating nanny as proved by the theme songs lyrics when your room looks kind of weird and you wish you weren't there is a mindset of a child who can't quite articulate what is happening to them they know that something is wrong and that they don't feel good so they can only describe their world as kind of weird later piggy sings just close your eyes and make believe you can be anywhere be anywhere <laughs> She is adjusting. Sorry, man. Muppet Babies was my jam. <laughs> it's all right. She is adjusting like only small children can to bad situations methodically and with a tragic acceptance of their plight. The, uh, the Muppet Babies then sing, Muppet Babies, you make our dreams come true. We'll do the same for you, like kids introducing a newcomer to their playground and showing them the ropes. Only instead of a playground, they're giving newcomers a way to avoid the pain of having no parents, not knowing where they came from, and being under the rule of an abusive nanny. Uh, look, the Teletubbies is radical utopian fiction. I thought this was going to be about gays, because, you know, they accused the Teletubbies of being homosexual or whatever for a long time, at least I remember. The Teletubbies were past me, for sure. But I remember the other kids, you know, talking about this and the parents being like, they're weird. Anyway, each of the Teletubbies is meant to guide a child through their various stages of development. They come from a technologically advanced culture in which everyone and everything is happy all the time, a utopian dream. They are guided by cues in their utopia to do the same things every day, and the entertainment comes from the form of live-action videos of children. It's basically a more artful version of the radical utopia depicted at the beginning of the Lego movie. These societies often fall apart when dissected, but the theory suggests that the Teletubbies have, become, have overcome all carnal desires. They've evolved so as to discard the sex impulse and therefore inhabit a more self-consistent vision of complete degeneracy. All of the saccharine goodness throughout the show is a peaceful society thriving without the need for all the anxiety-inducing norms of human culture. Furthermore, the Teletubbies universe breeds children that are cared for by machines and are always in a state of happiness and fall asleep in their incubators on command. How creepy. 
Yeah, that vacuum cleaner on that show freaked me out as a kid, too. <laughs> How about this one? So you're always looking for Nazis hiding everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody is always concerned about the next National Socialist pooched on the steps of the Capitol, um, trying to usher in the Fourth Reich. But you would never think that a cartoon would be something to usher it in. But I'm sorry to break your hearts. The Smurfs may just be guilty. A French sociologist, we should throw this out immediately, French sociologist, but we're going to keep it, once compared the Smurfs to Nazis, which actually ends up being pretty clear when explained by Antoine Bueno in his book, Le Petit Livre Bleu, or The Little Blue Book. Couldn't they just say The Little Blue, Blue Book? But in whatever, it doesn't matter. Smurfs are clearly under some kind of socialist rule, considering none of them having private property, and they all live in a collective-style economy. Gargamel, then, is a Jewish caricature, again, according to Bueno's theory, who even owns a cat with the same name as the angel of death in the Hebrew Bible, Azrael. Bueno supports this theory by pointing out to the stereotypical appearance of Gargamel and the character's equally stereotypical obsession with gold. Unsurprisingly, both the Smurfs creator and the franchise, franchise fans reject this theory completely. I'm going to have to revisit that. I'm not Holy so shit. Yeah. How about this one, ladies and gentlemen? The Care Bears are actually voodoo dolls. One clever theory draws connections between the Care Bears franchise and voodoo gods. According to the theory, voodoo is an adaptable force that has been fa found its way into various cultures, including Santeria, Brazilian, Macumba, and the American children's cartoons. To start, the Care Bears sound a lot like Care Fours, a.k.a. the Port-au-Prince district, which lies in the heart of voodoo world. The Loa or voodoo gods are often seen by their followers as friendly spirits or friends, not unlike the lovable Care Bears themselves. Each Care Bear represents a different voodoo god. Their symbols and behaviors are all very similar, and voodoo's ability to weave itself into the fabric of society is only echoed by the lasting power of the Care Bears. This one is very disturbing. The next one. I'm still thinking of Smurfette as being Aryan, though. That's I just want to throw mind. that in there. Keep that in mind. We're going to do a, a deeper dive on this. Okay. Are you guys fans? Uh, one Joe Biden voter. Ah, ah, ah. You know what I'm talking about here? Sesame Street. Not a good look here. The count from Sesame Street drinks the children's blood. Very scary. One insane but fun, according to the author, fan theory. I don't know how this could be fun. A fan theory occurs in the most innocent, happiest place imaginable on Sesame Street. According to the theory, Count Von Count drinks the blood of all the live-action human children on the show until they're dead, which explains why most of them only last a few episodes, and the adults let him get away with it because they are under his control. Assuming that Count Von Count contains these classic Dracula-inspired pauvas, it is easy to surmise that everyone on Sesame Street is just a puppet in his theater of horrors. So that's no good. Here, uh, wait. Go ahead. On the note of Sesame Street. Yes. I shit you not. I remember reading about this, but there is a, there's a connection between MK Ultra and Sesame Street. Are you serious? Did, did we not go over this before at one point? No, we didn't. Oh, fuck. Hold on. I got to find. Okay. So this article it introduces what MK Ultra is. We already fucking know about that. 
But, uh, okay, so the children's television program Sesame Street has long been a favorite of children and adults alike for the supposedly educational and wholesome content of the program, but evidence has begun to mount that this television program and others like it are part of a propaganda machine funded via front organizations meant to disguise the fact they are actually part of ongoing MK Ultra covert operation. And also, uh, fucking James Murray Henson, I guess, he's fucking... God damn it. I wish I should. I, if, had I expected this to happen tonight, I would have fucking done more research because I remember reading about it in a book somewhere. But yeah, Sesame Street started on November 10th, 1969, uh, during the time period when it is now established that MK Ultra was still an active program, officially a product of the Innocent Sounding Children's Television Workshop. It is, in fact, funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The CPB was created November 7th, 1967, when President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Public Broadcasting Act of 1967. The legislation paved the way for an elaborate series of indoctrination programs and covert ops served up as educational programming. Much of Sesame Street's appeal was in the motion or the notion that it was an it was educational fun that could be enjoyed by both adults and their children, children alike. The puppet skits and loose emphasis on teaching letters and numbers seemed like a great way to get children interested in learning. However, it is exactly this mix of innocuous fun and supposedly educational content that allowed for a steady stream of subliminal messages to be fed to America's unwitting youth. While parents thought their children were learning the fundamentals of reading, there was a slow, steady stream of coded messages being planted into the content. Each show had a specific letter and number sequence, and over time, these coded messages planted subliminal instructions of a still unknown nature in the minds of a young audience. An entire generation of programmed Manchurian candidates awaiting activation may have been created using these subliminal messages. This was not what I was looking for, but this is incredibly interesting. Meanwhile, on a cultural level, the characters of the show were used for predictive programming of the culture to accept the cultural problems that we as a society are only now beginning to realize exist. For example, Cookie Monster's character telescoped our nation's diabetes and obesity epidemic 30 years in advance of the fact. Likewise, does anybody remember gay marriage being a political issue before Bert and Ernie were shown happily living together? Eh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Some of that shit's just made up, you know? Yeah, but, oh, fuck, dude. I swear, there was one of the guys, the thing I was looking for was one of the guys that was, like, either a fucking producer of Sesame Street or, like, co-founder of all this shit. Like, they fucking did as part, they, like, killed an elephant with LSD on as part of the mk ultra experiment like they directly like had a hand in it that's what i was trying to find this is so fucking long holy shit <laughs> hold on let me see god damn no all this shit's just how sesame street is like mind programming well which it very well like i don't know it could be but no i'll have to I'll have to dig through books, but yeah, like one of the guys that helped create that show was a part of MK Ultra, though. So everybody's always kind of been well, not everybody, but people who knew had always kind of been worried about it. But that that is also more interesting shit too. But okay, fair enough. I I think that this deserves a deeper dive. So this was kind of like an impromptu conspiracy corner, but we won't officially code <laughs> here on the show. This yeah, we can we can come back later for that one. Carry on. We will carry. Well, that's all I have. Oh, that was the end of it. Uh, So I don't know the the Smurfs and the National Socialist angle is pretty interesting. I will say that. So um, there's some crazy theories about the cartoon Doug. Um, (laughs) Fucking Doug. I I haven't seen. I fucking miss that show. 
Yeah, Doug was in a bad way. <laughs> I literally remember watching that on like a 10-inch fucking TV screen. Like the shit was the size of a microwave. Like I believe it. Oh my god, how far we've come. I want to go back. <laughs> I miss that shit. You're gonna force me to do this. So I'm gonna do it now. We have okay. okay. These are again wild fan theories. But of. some of them will come and make sense to you, okay? The events of the show are a manifestation of Doug's imagined narrative. Similar to the pra- similar practice to the theory that Doug is crazy, one theory argues that the events in Doug are part of a boy's narrative, which he writes in his journal. Essentially, the theory goes that Doug writes his own story. This explains why everyone is differently colored as real ethnic differences are mundane to a child. His alter ego as a superhero... Quail Man is further evidence that a child is writing the story. It's a much nicer theory than those that claim that Doug is either insane or addicted to drugs. This one is that people of color in the show are the elite ruling class. Doug and Patty. <laughs> yeah, Doug and Patty are the two main flesh quote quote flesh colored people in the show. Redditor uh, Priscell notes that they are represented as having lower slash working class lifestyle. Conversely, the purplish Dink has grandiose political aspirations and spends lavishly, while Skeeter, who is either blue or green, depending on your eyes, slash TV, is a super genius. The heart of the story is that the white people are depicted as mundane or below average, while, while people of color are, peop- are notably superior. Uh, okay, how about this one? Patty is a closeted lesbian. She, this wisely anonymous theory on Wilton Drive makes the argument that Patty Mayonnaise is secretly a lesbian. She really likes sports. Seriously. She spent half of the episode in a basketball jersey. Sometimes she spoke in a deep voice to be funny, but we deduce that it might have been her actual voice that she hides with her southern accent. She never shows any interest in Doug other than friendship. And let's be honest, Doug was a total babe. She never seemed to do well in girly situations. Exhibit A, cooking. This theory, however, only identifies Patty as a tomboy and notes that she doesn't come conform to gender stereotypes. That is a far cry from proving that she's a lesbian. I never thought of her as that at all. I mean, it doesn't matter. Who cares if she is? All right. Roger has the hots for Doug. In a post on, on Read Too Deep, explores Roger, <laughs> Roger Klotz's personality to try and uncover why he's such a bully. In this case, the conclusion is reached that Roger is gay and is trying to repress his feelings for Doug is, was why he lashes out. Also, this theory explains that, that his repeated trips to the vice principal's office are intentional. The vice principal's name is Mr. Bone and the... <laughs> and the and the principal's name is Mr. Butt Savage, pronounced Butt Savage. These are subtle messages coming from the, these writers. Russia, Roger craves the presence of these two in his life, as they are the only two who understand who he truly is. I want to fucking sit in the writer's room and just like watch this shit get created. And butt Savage. <laughs> Getting in trouble is ter- is a terrific. <laughs> Roger's frequent visit to these cleverly named administrators. Roger's tough guy facade is just a transparent cover to run from his true self. All well, right. Now I have to watch Doug again. Doug is insane. 
the number one of these theories claiming that Doug is insane and subsequently there are a number of mental health disorders with which he's diagnosed. Some believe he's schizophrenic, others more generally call him crazy. Regardless, theories abound that Doug is not sane. The support for him being schizophrenic cites the time he nearly rode his bike into traffic while having one of his fantasies. His daydreams are so vivid and extreme that he can't separate reality from fantasy and it nearly kills him on more than one occasion. That's not a daydream at that point. It's a medical diagnosis. How about this one? Roger Klotz, we went from him being in a closeted homosexual to now the theory is Roger Klotz has rickets. The Doug, fun, the Doug Funny is Crazy Tumblr takes a break from their ongoing argument that Doug is in... I didn't know these things existed, guys. Like this, oh, There's plenty of ways to waste your time on the internet. This man. is wild stuff. Argument that Doug is insane to point out Roger Klotz's disease. Ricketts. Though others have made the argument a collection of images are presented on this tumbler depicting Roger with bowed legs, a symptom of rickets. Rickets is a vitamin D efficiency that results in a softening of bones, a plausible explanation for why Roger is bow-legged. The other one could be something else. Um, Doug was molested by Mr. Dink. What? Movie plot breaks down this creepypasta fan theory by an unnamed author who views Doug through a dark lens. In the very first episode of Doug, audiences are introduced to Mr. Dink's, Mr. Dink, Doug's eccentric neighbor, who, upon meeting Doug, immediately tries to get him to come up into his house to watch a movie. Later in this episode, Dink is seen watching Doug from the bushes with a camera. Mr. Dink also lures Doug into his high-tech shed on numerous occasions. Most disturbingly, when Doug goes to scout camp, Mr. Dink is a scout leader, and at one point, Doug and Skeeter find Mr. Dink naked in a tree. The result of all this is mental instability on the part of Doug, manifesting as either schizophrenia or drug addiction. Okay. Doug and his sister are drug addicts. Another creepypasta fan theory makes the case that Doug was molested by Mr. Dink, but goes even further, saying that as a result of this molestation, Doug and his sister became drug addicts. The theory notes that Judy is borderline violent about keeping Doug out of her room. However, Doug indeed sneaks into her room on numerous occasions, and there's never a good explanation for it. The theory offers one, saying that Doug was trying to get her stash of LSD, explaining of all his daydreams and hallucinations, and Judy's anger is due to her fierce protection of both her secret and supply. How about that? How about that? And then the show is racist. You want to hear about it being racist? Probably not. Want to hear about it being racist? Sure, why not? Why not? here hannah white of bitch media i didn't know what bitch media was it sounds like a porn site argues that doug was racist she points out that the creators want to make characters of all different colors so the audience could decide for themselves what ethnicities were represented or just ignore the construct altogether however the main character is family and the love interest of the main character are all clearly caucasian while the show portrays itself as colorblind, it's actually clearly stating that white is normal. So take it any way you okay, like. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. So that's it for this week. Does anybody have anything else? I thought we might change it up by doing something a little bit more fun. <laughs> Depending on your perspective, some of your childhoods might have been completely torched. Um, nah, therapy already did that to me, man. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> No, when I what what happened, I guess what set me on the path to being like a nihilist, I guess, was watching watching Optimus Prime die in the cartoon in the movie, like really fucked me up. Like I cried. I can't even watch it right now. 
I can't watch. I can't watch that. That that was tough. And then they brought the new Prime out that had flames. And like, what is this garbage? How dare you disrespect? How dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> you can't. And then, and then I went dark for a while and said I was a Megatron guy, but in reality, I was just making up for the fact that I was still hurt about Optimus Prime. You're a closeted. You were just a scorned <laughs> Prime fan. That hurt. That cartoon. You're, you're a closeted Decepticon. I remember. I remember that. That was not. So this is like not even in the same vein and almost kind of off topic as there's no conspiracy theories about it. And Jay might be the only one old enough to remember it aside from me. But do you remember the letter people? Yes. Okay. Yes, I remember the letter people. All right. Yep. I just wanted to make sure somebody else remembered it. I remember the all. crab people. <laughs> yeah, the, the letter people was like an educational show. It was actually made in like the mid 70s. Yeah, but, but they like hearing it when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, like it was like we watched it in kindergarten. I watched a lot of Fraggle Rock. That was another. Yeah, I remember, yeah Fraggle Jack Rock. Loves Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah. Pippa Jack loves Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Fraggle Rock and um, the Snorks. Oh, I, I watched yep, a shit ton of the Snorks when I was little. <coughs> Boomerang, yep, baby. And then, um, of course, there was this Captain Caveman. I think yeah. this was before Boomerang. With the snorts. Well, obviously. Well, with- I watched it on Boober. <laughs> We're aging ourselves and <laughs> showing how he got it on regular cable televisions. Um, the other one, there was this show that ABC ran for a year, and it made me very upset. Uh, it was called The Mighty Orbots. It was on for one season, and it was a knockoff off of Voltron. And by the way, and I'm going to come in a little close here so I can get everybody's attention that's listening. All right, Joe. All of you Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fuckers better listen up. That garbage is a direct copy off of Voltron, okay? And there is one defender of the universe, and it ain't that piece of shit that you guys watched in the 90s. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm sorry. I don't care how hot the one was that you grew up with a crush with. None of us had a crush on any of the people driving the lions because it was all about business. No, the the Power Rangers have been and always will be no good. Trash. I never watched it. I never watched it either, but I had siblings who... I'm going to be the outlier here. I loved Power Rangers. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I bet you don't even fucking listen to Slipknot. I also, I also like flip. Voltron, though. So. <laughs> Dude, I, when I, re- I remember as a kid, like as soon as like they formed the robot, the whole Voltron... And then he put the two lines together and put and fucking brought the sword out. Like, I, I mean, I could just remember just standing in front of the television, waiting for the animation. We <laughs> fucking cut the row beast in half that I live for that shit, man. If I hear the theme music, I'll stop moving and I'll find where it's coming from. You get the chills. Like, like the fucking, my nipples are hard right now. <laughs> some, some of the best cartoons were fucking, you got Voltron, G.I. Joe, Transformers and, and the Ghostbusters. That was a great cartoon, dude. Yeah. You remember the one about the Sandman where he was capturing people by making them fall asleep and then they had to rescue Slimer? That scared the shit out of me because I was afraid to go to sleep because that son of a bitch was waiting for me. Oh, my God. We had some fucked up shows, man. We had some, but it, it, was, it was a good time to be alive, not like the garbage that you people have to enjoy. Now, these poor kids, the only thing that, that was good was Adventure Time and Regular Show. Those two were amazing. The rest of it, I'm not. I've never watched Regular Show. It is. I've never, I've never watched Regular Show, but I can get stoned and watch Adventure Time. 
That's some good I love stuff. Adventure Time. Both of them are fantastic. Regular show is something that you would like, Brian. It, I've, I've been told that, but I, yeah, I've never seen it. Oh yeah, it's totally up your alley. It's <laughs> almost like a Seinfeld for kids, but with like <laughs> crazy stuff that goes on. It's I oh that sounds amazing. Santa Claus gets into a gunfight with one of his elves. There's hoverboards involved. There's heavy metal. And Can they go over water? Uh, no, they were in the air. They're like okay. actually hovering in the air. No, I mean, it was like a Back to the Future. Right? I understand where the right, right. from Brian. Thank you. <laughs> all right, Biff. Biff Tannen. Relax. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of that series, by the way. The first one was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. After that. Everyone says the second one's better. Not a fan of the second one. Not a fan. Oh, yeah. Are we talking about Back enough. to the Future? Yeah. The first and second ones were good. I didn't like the third one so sure. much. Was the third one like the old west one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I barely remember any of that. Yeah, it wasn't. I I I could deal with that. I could do without it. The the one where they go back to 1955 though, and the first one, that was the job. That. Oh was, yeah. That was. Cool. I I want to watch Tremor again. So maybe you guys aren't ready or for Tremors, that, but your kids are gonna, gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, Tremors. I haven't seen that. I remember watching it, and I got like when I was younger and it like creeped me out. Yeah. It's a creepy movie. It's very creepy. Yeah. There's some good stuff here, man. We had some, we had some good times before everything collapsed. Um, did you know that Slayer released the album? God hates us all on September 11, 2001 coincidence. I think not. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite Slayer albums. It's very angry and very aggressive. And uh, it's, it's not as good as rain and blood, but it's up there anyway. So that's it for today. Uh, if anybody has anything else, speak now or forever hold your gay soap. I'm just going to say it. I I don't like Slayer, and that's it. That's fine. I've never really listened to them. They're okay. Everybody talks about them like they're like this fantastical whatever, and they're just okay to me. Like, I'm just not a, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Okay. That's it. That's all I have to say. Let it be known. Let it all be right. known. Okay. Thank you very much for that. You're that welcome. Very helpful. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming in here and spraying diarrhea everywhere, Angel. You're welcome. Like, oh no, here comes Angel. <laughs> it's in the air conditioner. Oh man. Hey, but by the way, if you get if anybody wants to come with me on August 30th and see Deicide at the Odeon, let me know. I know I've I try to get Angel to go. No. She, what? What? The Odeon Concert Club. Where's that? It's in Cleveland. Oh, okay. And deicide is going to be there. So if you're that's in, like, that's like killing a deity. Yeah, it's satanic death metal. It's it's okay. lots of fun if you're into that sort of thing. Um, most aren't, but let me know if you're interested in going. Um, I, I, I'm I, anything like Slayer, you won't fucking catch me dead there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the thing is, is you saying that with a mustache makes it even more dickish. It really does. It adds like an air of arrogance to uh. what you just said. <laughs> gotcha there, Brian. Like, just picture. Like, if I just had the... it and I said, like, I, God, I look like a fucking. Like, I fucking. Don't do it. I look I like <laughs> if I had a hand, if I had like a mustache like this and didn't curl it, like, I look like a fucking trailer park fucked a pack of Paul Malls. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could do like a good Stalin mustache if you tried. I'd have to agree with that. You have the bushy mustache, dude. That that's required. A very Georgian, very Georgian mustache. And we're not talking about Southern United States, Georgia. 
talking about the caucus. George O'Keefe, yeah. Yes, George <laughs> O'Keefe, that's right. All right, so if anybody <laughs> has anything else, does anybody have anything else besides Angel not liking Slayer? I'm sorry. I'll I'm, say it again. Right. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. I'm just okay. not a fan. That's we all. get it. <laughs> it's not raining blood. It's raining diarrhea. Yes. Once the fast part kicks in, it's just like rapid fire machine gun diarrhea. I can see it. Guys, my mind's eye. You almost went an entire show without talking about poop, and it's impossible. I really do it. It's over. That's okay. All right. So, does anybody have anything else before we conclude? That's a once, a twice, <laughs> a big fat zero, nothing. Okay, well, I'd like to thank our uh, our patrons. There's a new B-side up for you guys. I hope you take a listen. Let me know if you like it. Uh, I'll carry on doing what uh, we've been doing. Also, I'd like to thank AgorasNexus.com, the premier sponsor that used guys in that podcast. I paint acronym accidents or happy accidents. Ray Faba Fine Art and Design from the Great Lakes. Team Mandalore, who does, in fact, keep cycling extremely weird. And, of course... What would we do? What would we do if we weren't going to discuss the hot weather and not talk about your case of swamp ass? Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Todd from Akron Apothecary manufactures wonderful handmade cold press gay soap from his gentle homosexual hands to your asshole. He makes this wonderful soap. You've heard in the news about the monkeypox. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the cure for monkeypox right here, right now. If you happen to have bump uglies with perhaps somebody who has contracted it, maybe they have the Rona and the monkeypox at the same time. Oh, no, that's a deadly combination unless you wash out your ass with Todd's Gay Soap. Todd's Gay Soap is medically tested in gay laboratories in secret locations across the Fruited Plain to make sure that it stays consistently the weapon that we need in the war against what the coronavirus and the monkeypox getting stuck in your butthole todd can handle all of that anything that has to do with asshole health my friend todd and his gay soap can sort it out please check it out at akronapothecary.com don't do yourself a dis uh, a disservice independence day is coming up ladies and gentlemen declare independence from your filth and stink wash with todd's gay soap because todd's gay soap is so flat ass Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. When I think that was the best one yet. <laughs> well, we you know, I got to say, when we're talking about gay stuff and you say the fruited plane, that's kind of like a double entendre. Thank you. You know, I, I try for the four. You know, I, I appreciate that. That, that's the, that was that was a good one. The fruited plane. I'm I also appreciate that it's like Pride Month's going to be over, but it's like we're going to keep pushing this soap because we're not fucking grandstanding this. Show. No, 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 no. Right. We, are, we are pro gay. 13 months out of the year. That's yeah, right. professional. Yeah. On days that end in Y. Yeah. <laughs> we are pro gay business. We're pro. We are pro soap and pro clean ass. And uh, yeah, Pride Month is every month around here, motherfucker. And we're never giving that up. So thank you very much for the four and a half of you that are still hanging on. Once I lose one of you, the shop's going to close its doors. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh What's he talking about? <laughs> Yeah, but Slayer, man. Holy shit. Don't even... <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs>